Welcome to the Become Revolutionary Show, where we pull back the curtain and talk to successful entrepreneurs and industry leaders about their journey to success, the process of entrepreneurship, and the adversity they've encountered along the way. With your hosts, Charlene and Noel, and their amazing guests from all over the globe, you will feel right at home and part of the entrepreneurial tribe while hearing about the ups, downs, curves, and missteps in these stories and how it all ultimately contributes to success in business and life. Join us now as entrepreneurs support other entrepreneurs. Stronger together, further faster. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Become Revolutionary show where we talk to you about how to get over those hurdles to become revolutionary in life and business. We're your hosts, Noelle and Charlene. That's right, guys. And today's topic is how Russell Brunson's advice to kill my baby completely reshaped my future. And I was like, whoa, now if that isn't a topic, let's dive deep into that. Let me tell you about our guest today, Sean Malone. He's a husband, cat dad, disc golfer, serial entrepreneur, and sell-by-chat expert. He's owned six different businesses, and his strengths come from nearly two decades of studying communication, business, and professional sales. He's closed more than $130 million in his own sales career and has personally built three seven-figure businesses and one eight-figure business with his amazing business partners and team. All the battlefield-tested methods that he uses are a part of his Ascension Selling Method, which he and Chris Baden, his business partner, developed after completing more than 10,000 sales conversations combined. With his unique get-it-done mentality, he and his team stay relentlessly focused on solving the revenue problem for businesses. We all need help with that, right? Mm-hmm. So they can get, so they can experience the growth and success that they deserve. It's always about revenue, and it's always relevant. So welcome, Sean. Ladies, thank you so much for having me here. I'm just uh, blessed and honored to be a part of this. I think the movement you've created is just dynamic and explosive and awesome. So I'm really grateful to be here. Well, thank you so much for being here. So it sounds like there's probably a bit of history in that bio. <laughs> sounds like, right? like there's some time um, that happened over over uh, the course of that story. So where did it start? Like, have you always been an entrepreneur? How did that start? Or just did you come out into the world as an entrepreneur? Or you know, you know, it's funny. Um, thank you for 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 asking. And I think like just taking you back to right at the end of my college career, I I was I was uh, I played baseball. I had Division One full ride baseball scholarship, and I I was wanting to play baseball. That's what I wanted to do. But then I realized how good the Puerto Ricans and the Dominicans and all these other people are at baseball, and I was like, whoa, I'm not that good. Like I could clearly see that. And so as I finished up my college career, I thought, man, I'm a business geek. I've always loved it. I watched my dad kind of start to grow a little business. And I came out of college with one question. And the question was so simple. It was like, how do I make a boatload of money? Like, that's what I wanted to do, right? <laughs> and and so I, I thought like, well, how do I do that? And I didn't know anybody that had made a boatload of, mo- of money other than my dad was starting to make some money. And so I went to him and I said, dad, I want to make a boatload of money. How do I do it? And he goes, well, you got three choices. And I was so excited that I had three choices. Like, what are the choices? And he goes, number one, are you a CEO? And I'm 21. And I'm like, I don't even know what those letters mean. Like, (laughs) no, I'm not that. And he goes, okay, cool. Let's go to the next one. Are you an entertainer? And I was like, I can't sing or dance or no, nope, not that either. And he goes, well, you better go learn sales. 
I was like, okay, cool. That's my third option. Like, I'll go learn sales. And so I looked around and I took a job selling uh, manufacturers commodities. So like steel, aluminum, sheet metal, plastic, electronics, like stuff that everyone needs and nobody cares about or talks about. And it was like kind of the highest. Yeah. It's kind of the highest echelon of sales. And I went into the sales job and I sucked. Like when you say, when someone says they suck to something, like, here's what I mean. Right. So I was given, I was given this book of, of manufacturers, companies, names in the number. And my boss at the time, his name was Tim. He said, start calling these businesses. Okay. How many should I do? I don't know. Do 80 a day. I was like, okay, that's my target. Boom. I'm going to start doing 80 cold calls a day. So I pick up this book and I start making these calls. I did 2,400 cold calls. And how many appointments do you think I booked? Noel? Uh, two. <laughs> Darlene? I'm going to go with none just because I am. Uh, zero. I no, zero. I didn't actually think it zero. would be. That's a zero. lot of phone calls. No. So that was six weeks every single day, 80 cold calls a day, never booked a single appointment. And I was frustrated beyond like punching a wall frustrated. Right. And I was about to throw in the white flag, the white towel and just say, I'm to hell with this. I'm done with the sales thing, dad. I'm going to go figure it out. And he goes, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Go to the library and read a book. And I was like, thanks dad. Like great advice. Right. So I ended up going (laughs) to the library and I pick up this Tom Hopkins, how to master the art of selling stuff book. Mm -hmm. I'm like, cool. I start reading and I got to like chapter seven and I was like, Oh, there's a formula. Like I, I, I can do formulas. I was pretty good in school and, uh, is like this little appointment setting formula. And I was like, I got to go try this. So then I go back on Monday, I pick up my phone. I was really excited. And I get to the part where I'm supposed to deliver the little line that books the call. And of course I freeze neck hairs, stand up, sweat beads started coming down. And I'm like, this is not going." And I tried to say the line and I completely butchered it. But what happened was the guy on the other end of the phone, he was like, Sean, I know what you're trying to do. Just come on over Tuesday at 9 a.m. And I, I was like, thank you for, I was so excited. I was like, I couldn't like, I held it in. I closed the phone line out and I started jumping around my office. My boss comes, he's like, Hey, did you just close the sale? And I was like, no, but I just booked an appointment. And he goes, Oh, get out of here. Right. And he walks off. <laughs> and, and at that, at that, go ahead. And that moment, like completely changed the course of what I wanted to do. I knew after that happened that I was going to dedicate the rest of my days to becoming a master at communication through the vocation of the lost art of prospecting and sales, because I knew there was a formula there. And I was like, I can master this. I know that. And I started setting appointments. Next thing you know, I get in these sales conversations and guess what? I really sucked there too. (laughs) I was in these sales calls and I didn't know what to say. I was just trying to like shoot the shit with these people and like do all this stuff. And it was like, I was not making any sales. And I was like, well, maybe there's a formula for this too. And I went to the library and I picked up another book and I was like, there's all these selling systems. And then I went deep, right? Like I'm a nerd when it comes to that stuff. When I started geeking out, I read through, I, over the course of my like first 20 years, I spent over half a million dollars dissecting 40 different professional selling systems focused on like business to government sales and business to business sales and business to consumer sales. And I read probably, I don't know, 50 to a hundred books on sales strategies and techniques and, and systems. And I, I started seeing these trends and, and I, I distilled all these things down to about seven steps. And I was like, if I could put these seven steps in a sales flow, when I'm in a conversation with somebody, like, I wonder if it'll work. And I started testing it and then it worked. And I was like, Whoa, 
that worked and it worked again and again. And then I was like, okay, now I'm going to see how much I can run this thing. And at the time I was selling electronics. So like in your cell phone, you got the circuit boards in there. So all the little components on them. So I, I used to represent a company that sold that stuff. So I'd go to these medical companies. I'd go to like Boeing's and Lockheed Martin's and, and I would sell that. And what happened was I ended up taking this electronics company from 3 million a year in sales to 37 million a year in sales in nine months. Wow. And I made a bunch of commission and I was like, that's it. I made a boatload of money. <laughs> right. And, and then, and then during that stage, right. So I'm there. And then, and then what happens is I'm, I'm still hungry. I have a little ego cause I'm still like 22, 23. And I'm like, I want my own company. I want I want to go do the entrepreneurship. Cause I saw these guys running this company that I helped explode. I knew how to explode the company. I was the one primarily responsible for the growth. And I said, they're getting like these big ass, like loans from the bank for millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars. Like, I think I could do that too. So I looked around and, and I ended up finding a company in Las Vegas, uh, that was doing the same thing. And so I was like, okay, well I'll just go do the same thing. So I, I, I cashed out all my, my stuff that I had, and I invested about, uh, into this company, about 47% of an electronics company that had eight employees. And it was me, my business partner and, and, and seven other people working there. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna take my little systems and I put them in this business and they all worked again. And over the next course of a couple of years, I took that business from 250,000 up to $8 million in revenues. Wow. And then I was selling, cause my clients were like Raytheon and, and TRW Lucas and, and Bigelow Aerospace. And we were doing crazy good things. And I was away working with L3 Communications in California. I was sitting in this room of 12 of probably the most super smartest people I've ever met. They were designing this cryogenic laser guidance system that like shot missiles down. It was the coolest thing I've ever oh, seen. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I was selling the circuit boards to them, which was great because I didn't know the tech stuff. And, uh, and then I get a business call, a call from my business partner and his name is Tony. He's like, Sean, like get back here quickly. Like there's an emergency at the facility. I'm like, Oh no. I ended this meeting. And by the way, this was like going to be like a five year, $10 million agreement that I was putting yeah. together. And, um, I, I, I canned the deal and I flew back to Vegas from California and I went in the shop and there was this dude walking around in a business suit. And one of the rules I always had is like, I hate suits, no more suits. Like get them out of here. And I went to my business partner. I'm like, who's the suit? And he goes, Oh, well, I just sold the, like he said, come in my office. And I sit down and he says, I just sold the business to the suit. And I'm like, what the, e like, I was really mad. <laughs> Cause I owned a half conversation. It's a conversation. <laughs> I was like, how do you do that? I own more, almost half of this company. He's like, well, Sean, you own 47. I own 53. Sorry. Whoa. Oh, wow. And you want to talk about coming overcoming adversity. I lost over 1.3 million personally on that deal alone. <sighs> it put me into the bottom of every bottle in Las Vegas. Yeah. It was a dark ass time for me. Yeah. I still get emotional just thinking about like, I'm just getting the chills, like the anger, like there's every frustration, every emotion you could think of, like just boils through your body. Right. And you're like, I just poured the last four and a half years of my life into this thing. And I built it to a level that he, this, my partner would have never achieved. And then he just went and snatched it out from underneath me. And that, wow. that hurt me a lot. Like that one reshaped me as a person. Um, we can, we can go deep there if you want. Um, but what happened was I ended up uh, drinking a lot and, and uh, thankful for that time in my life, because that was the time that I ran into Melissa, my wife, 
Mm-hmm. And I met her at a country bar here in Las Vegas. So I like country I music, it. right? And um, I, I was like, well, you're like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And, and do you dance? And she said, no. And I said, great, neither do I. Let's boogie. And so we just started dancing anyways. <laughs> and I'm like, it was great. And, uh, and, and then we started dating. And, and halfway through the, the dating, I was still drinking heavily. And, and she goes, yo, like, knock the drinking shit off. Like, go do something. Like, you're pretty good at this. What should I do? Sell stuff. Okay. So I went and I took a job selling roofing material like real expensive roofing material for government school districts and stuff. And I put my systems in there, my little selling systems and I broke all the records in the first 18 months, all the sales records. I broke them all. And then I realized I hate roofers, no offense, but they're not my people. So I said, thank you, but no, thank you. I'm done. And about that time, Melissa and I, she was working as a dentist office manager and we wanted to spend more time together because we were getting more serious She's like, what, what can we do to like, get me out of my job? And, and I was like, let's try to figure it out on the internet. Right. And so this is like seven years ago. She sees this Facebook ad of this little dude walking across the beach, with no shirt on. He's like, I just made all this money online. <laughs> I'm like, of course, that's what I want to do. <laughs> right. And so we, we, we watched the ad together. We spent $99 to buy this little marketing system and we went down the rabbit hole. And then I got upsold into a $10,500 water system, Kongan water system, right? MLM, network marketing business. And I loved the product and I didn't know marketing, but I knew sales pretty good. And I thought, well, look, if this little marketing system can bring eyeballs my way, then I could probably convert them. And it was so effective, right? It took us, like paid ads is a thing, right? So if you've ever not done paid ads before, here's my journey in paid ads. It took me six months just to learn the language of how to do paid ads, right? Failure, failure, failure for six months. And then um, after that, I was like, oh, I get it. Now we have to build creative that actually converts. And so then I had to spend another 34 attempts building a piece of creative and testing and spending lots more money that at the time I didn't have. And Eventually we got it to work, but when it worked, it was like magic. It started bringing all these people our way. We had the system that was flowing. I started converting people into, you know, sales and we built and we broke all their records. We became like, we hit the highest ranks in the company within like 15 months of like the, since we, that, that journey and um, tens of millions of dollars. And we're like, oh man, this is crazy. But here's what happened. We had about half a million people following us around online where these little micro influencers this is a time when I kind of like got in, inducted into Russell's world a little bit. And um, they said to us, they said, Sean, your software sucks. And I was like, well, it's not me and Chris's software. It's, it's this other guy's software that's walking across the beach. And they're like, we don't care. Fix it. I'm like, oh, okay. So, and then Russell, when we're in the inner circle, he says, meet these software guys. We're like, cool, thanks. Mm-hmm. Meet the software guys. And then we ended up spending a million dollars and we built our first software product. It was called Digital Genius Lab. That's what we got the award for. It did a million dollars on a 99 per month offer in the first 10 months. And we sold 12 million on the backside in the first year. Wow. And then I burned out. Hmm. Out of the 12 different like burnout stages, I had 11 of them marked as a 10 out of 10, like bad. And it was so bad that we were driving up to see Russell for one of the inner circle events. And I saw this oak tree and I thought to myself driving on the highway, I was like, I just want to do this and just end it. Mm -hmm. Stop the car, tears, messy place. Melissa looks at me and she goes, Sean, we can't, we can't do this anymore. I was like, I, I, I can't, I don't, and she's like, we need to make a change. I was like, I don't know how let's go ask Russell. Cause he's our coach. So we go in and I share this whole story with them and every in the room was like cheering when we did launches. And then they're like crying when they heard the bad part of the story. And then it was like, at the end, Russell goes, 
I go, well, Russell, what are your thoughts on what just happened? He said, you're not going to like it. Kill your baby. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, kill the software company. It's ruining your soul. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So when a company's pumping seven figures or more out at you, it's really hard to kill that baby because that's a lot of cash, right? And so then we're like, how in the hell do you kill that? And so we, we talked to business brokers, we talked to competitors, we talked to all these people. And eventually one of our competitors said, I want to buy it. And we're like, oh, thank God. It took us a year. We sold the software company. And then we're like, what do we do? <laughs> and uh, enter Alex Sharfin, one of my other coaches. And he says to us, what are you good at? And we said sales. And he said, guess what? All these online entrepreneurs, they kind of suck at sales. <laughs> Okay. So we went and interviewed some of the best entrepreneurs we could find and about 40 of them, five of them said, we're not getting off the phone until we put an agreement together. And that was the birth of our high ticket sales agency. And what we were doing for those clients was to hire on board and train a sales team, put a team in place with an ecosystem. So it could just generate more business. <laughs> And it completely fixed the revenue problem for all of our five, six clients we're dealing at done for you level service instantly. And then about three and four and five months in the revenue numbers started dipping. And what we realized was there was just a pond of those people following those cl clients around that hadn't been like touched yet. So the sales team went in and got all that business. But now these entrepreneurs came back and said, Sean, Chris, thank you so much for the sales team. But I can't sleep at night because I don't know how to fill their sales team's calendars. And we're like, oh, well, we have a system for that. Why didn't you ask? And they're like, we didn't even know. And we put this little system in place. Every one of their businesses just exploded. And Chris and I are like, well, there's something to this. And so then we're like, how do we deliver to more than six people? That was right. the next challenge we had to overcome. And we hired a mastermind coach, Chris Williams. Love the guy to death. He oh, showed, and that's how we met. Yeah, we met Chris on the show. Yeah. You met us right then and there, right? Yeah. And then that's when Chris taught us the model of mastermind. We took that model and we just used our sales abilities and marketing abilities and we exploded a mastermind. We had dozens of businesses coming through this $25,000 mastermind. And in that first 90 day period, we taught them that little system. And it was being taught off a piece of paper and a spreadsheet. And it was very archaic. And we started feeling a little guilty about it. So we're like, we need a tech for this. And so that was the birth of what became what's now FlowChat. And so right. FlowChat is a software tool that allows you to collect thousands of highly targeted leads in an instant, set up a predefined messaging sequence, and then send messages one-to-one -one at scale. That's what FlowChat does. So good. So good. So I almost stopped you a couple of times, but I wanted to hear the whole story, like yeah. from then to now. Yeah. There's something that stood out to me a few times. It was always going to be the same question when I wanted to stop you. And it's like, sometimes you said like, oh, and then that, like, it took us a year to sell that company and then da, da, da. And it's always struck me in my life, in other people's lives, how we can reflect on something and say like, oh yeah. And that took six months. And then, or that took a year. What was that year like? Like you worked yeah. out. And it took a year to sell the company, right? And like, yeah, okay, so we sold it the next year and da da da. But like, there were days, 365 days in there, right? Where like you had to figure out how to not be burnt out while trying to kind of transition out of the company. Um, and there were a few times I caught in there that I was like, oh, and, and then this happened, right? And it's so easy, like hindsight's 2020, but like, mm -hmm. 
can you bring us into that? Like, what was that like when you were feeling burnt out and didn't really um, know what was going to happen? Felt, I felt, hope. yeah, a great question. I, I felt hopeless. I felt like uh, I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I felt um, like, what am I even doing? Some days I didn't even want to get out of bed because I just had that like gut wrenching, like, oh my God, this again, like I have to do it yeah. again. And of course that made my relationship with Melissa suffer and it caused a lot of just ill will. And so it took me spending a lot of money with Alex Sharfin to get a coach that could walk me back from that. And he helped me, he hooked me up with a medical co a doctor, uh, Dr. Dave, who, who really helped to like reset my supplementation and like the stuff I was eating. And then Alex uh, helped me with redefining my, uh, the first things to really get me out of that place was uh, re restructuring my day. And so Alex Starfriend came in, he's like, you have a shitty morning routine. We need to change it right now. Okay. And he said, the first thing he said that you need is what we call a primal walk. That's where you go out in the morning before you do anything else. You put on those little five to weird looking shoes and you walk for about 20, 30 minutes, just looking at the sunrise with your arms back like this and just keep your mind clear. And just doing those primal walks with my wife, not only helped my relationship with her get better, but it also helped me to get a little peace of mind and clarity and calmness before I had to go into the madness. Yes. And then I read Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning Mile or Miracle yeah. Morning book. And then I took that savers method that he teaches where it's like, you're silent for the first five minutes. You have affirmations, you do visualizations, you put some exercise in there, you do reading and writing. Um, I, I started doing that religiously. And from the journey, journaling and from the reading, I started to understand, like I could work my way out of this, but it wasn't a, a fast process. Mm -hmm. I and needed it didn't become all consuming. It wasn't your entire life because you had these other supports that kind of made you look at it from the outside yeah. in instead of being it. Right. Yep. That's yep. so good. You were probably one of the most resourceful people I've ever met. Like that's what I've heard through the, all of this. Like, and then I went to the library and then I read all of these books and then I learned from all of these people. And then I was not doing well mentally physically so i connected with this doctor and that doctor and that's a, i think that's your superpower one of your superpowers well, yeah i mean i mean like what 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 man is a man that doesn't make the world a better place and if you're not mentally in a right place how can you make the world a better place right it's all about like fix this because 99 percent of the entrepreneurs that i deal with have a bunch of what i call head trash just yeah. take the trash out you know how do you do it trash out well, and let's, let's, let's talk about that a little bit too. So I love, cause one of my questions is going to be, how did you find your inspiration and find your momentum out of there? And you've already touched on that a little bit is through those resources, through your friend connecting you. I know that's something that's helped me, um, a number of times too. If I get my, you know, that dip is hard to get into. And sometimes you're stuck there for a little while and whoo, it's uncomfortable and you don't know if you're going to make it out of it, but you will. It's inevitable. It's only temporary. And it's just a matter of how resourceful can you be and what can you focus on that's going to help be the most productive and help you be the most efficient, get you into a good mental headspace so that you can get that forward movement again and let things unfold as they're supposed to and as they're meant to and designed to in your life. Um, so I love that you shared about the primal walks. I haven't heard about the primal walks before. So I like that one. Uh, I'm familiar with those funny looking. I always wondered, I was like, is that for earthing? I've seen some guys in the gym wearing them. So thank you for sharing that. It's, it's, I think it's a matter of from earthing, but then also like a lot of emotion is, is um, feet compression. That's what, like what those show, shoes do is they spread your toes out so that your feet actually function properly. Like, like you guys, you're a bait. Like there's a lot of research and medical stuff. I don't know all of it. I, Alex was just like, do this. I was like, yes, sir. 
you know, like being coachable is I think another superpower that everybody has the ability to be a hundred percent coachable. We just have to be aware of getting rid of our own ego because ego can kill a lot of things for us. And like you said, you know, Charlene, like totally, um, there's, you know, man, I just think back to those times and I'm like, ah, oh, like, thank goodness I had somebody that knew how to click the buttons way better than me and could show me and guide me. It's because we, one thing that I always tell everybody is if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you like, you want to go together, like find the person that came from Chris Baden, by the way, not me. I, I don't want to take credit for that quote, but, um, and, 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 uh, you know, finding the people that can actually help you move forward or move the needle in your business because they've already done the thing you're trying to achieve. And we hear it all the time. It's like, find somebody that you want to learn from that's already done the thing you're trying to achieve and then do what they do. Right. And so I just took that to heart and I'm kind of a simple guy and you know, I'm very coachable. I grew up playing sports and I was like, yeah, you're going to be my coach. Like I'm going to do whatever you say. And guess what? Every time I've ever done that and leaned into it or read a book or found a mentor or whatever, found somebody that's expert at like what you guys do. If I needed help with throwing an event or doing that thing, look, I'm coming to you. I I've thrown some events, but I suck. Like I'm not, I'd rather find an expert or a pair of experts that are badasses and be like, yo, what do I got to do? And you say <laughs> this, 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 and then we execute and it wins. Yeah. So that's yeah. so important. Yeah. It's so important to highlight. And the piece about ego too, we were talking about that the other day um, as well. And I think a large part of that is being able to put our ego aside and being aware that we all have them. Right. And then being able to put it aside to be coachable and, and to learn to get to where we want to go. So that's super great. Super great. I, I feel that too. I've got a question yeah. though. So if you had to do it, I love this story. Like the comeback story is so amazing. And especially since you had to bounce a couple of times. So now taking a look back in the rear view mirror, you had to do it all over again. And I know you, you meet a lot of new coaches as well as seasoned entrepreneurs. So at these various stages and looking back, what, what perils of wisdom would you like to share with them aside from getting good mentorship in the area where you need to dial in on right now in this season, Aside from that, what other wisdom can you share forward with them so they can avoid tripping over the same holes and getting themselves in the same mess? Yeah, I think, um, I think it really comes down to somebody asked me once upon a time, they said, Sean, what does it take to be like one of the best sales professionals in the world? What's the one thing, if I could do one thing, I thought about this question for days and before I went back and answered it and I came back to him and I said, I don't think there's one. I think there's three. And, and, and the first one was conviction. If you don't have the conviction around what you're trying to do, where you're going or what you want to achieve, you need to stop everything and figure that shit out. Like Mm -hmm. be convicted about what you're trying to accomplish. In my world, I'm trying to be one of the top five communicators on the planet. Now, I don't know how to judge that. I've still been looking on like how I could compare myself to the rest of the world, but you know, the world's a big place and five top 5% is like a big thing, but um, I'm so convicted. I'll never stop learning about how to be a better communicator. What's the newest sales system that's out there. How does it work? How does it compare to what I already have? And I'm always constantly evaluating that stuff. So always new, always convicted always just open-minded and get rid of the ego and learn because there's such a topic you can learn anything. And so whatever you're truly passionate about, go date it for a while before you get married to it. Oh, I love that. Right. Date it for a while and be like, do I really like, and and a dating period should be 18 months. Mm. Get into it. Blinders on, run it for 18 months. And if you hate it, get out. 
If you love it, marry it. Right. And so getting convicted is, is, is really the first thing. And so I got convicted about communication through the lost art of prospecting and sales, because I understand that those are two techniques and tools that can pay me and my wife and our family and help other people learn the skills that they need to actually move the needle. And so I'm fully convicted and I'll always be that way. So convictions, number one. And then number two is consistency right? You got to just keep doing it. You got to keep pulling doors. You got to make the calls. You got to do the activity. If you're not consistently doing the activity to get to the end results, you'll never get to the end results. People say, Sean, I want to be expert at sales. Great. I can teach you to sell in a weekend, but my problem is, is where are you going to have the opportunities that consistently flow onto your calendar? If you don't have that part figured out, you're never going to get good at sales because you don't have the consistent practice. Mm -hmm. And then the last one's persistency. You're going to get knocked down. You're going to get punched in the face. You're probably going to lose some teeth. But as Les Brown says, look, if you can look up, you better get up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that so much. So in lieu of all of that, how can people work with you? How can they, um, how can they access your system to make that consistent so that they can be persistent. Share with us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, I mean, come experience, come experience the flow and flow chat, right? We have a Facebook group. It's free. I think you guys already have the link and put in the show notes, whatever. Um, just, just, just come enter the world, like go through the flow, feel what it feels like the experience. One of the best, best things that we always talk about is like, the client journey. I always love hearing like, Oh man, your messaging and your direct stuff was so easy. It was interesting. It, it pulled me in. It was like, that's right. Because that's what it's supposed to be. Client journeys are supposed to be easy, fun, and very clear. And so, um, joining our Facebook group, that's the first thing hitting me up directly on, on uh, Facebook is another way to do it. And again, I think you have a link also to our website. If you want to go check out flowchat.com it's, it's there. So yeah. That's amazing. So how we typically end this show is to do a rapid fire questions. We don't warn our guests about this because we want it to be spontaneous and fun. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Okay. Here we go. Who's your inspiration? My dad. Oh, I love it. Uh, He's summer, a, yeah, 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 like if I can just expand on that, like, he was, so like I did a deep dive study into disc personalities, right. And extended disc and, and personality profiling. And I actually developed a system of personality selling, which is part of our software. If you get it, you oh. just, purchase, right. And personality selling is so interesting because I used to have, uh, I, I was never able to break through with my dad ever. And it wasn't until I started learning this personality stuff that I was like, what is my dad's personality? And I was the complete polar opposite. And so the things that I needed for love were not the same things that he needed for love. And the communication, there was not, there was a block. But as soon as I started communicating in his filter, guess what happened? Our bond is so strong now. And I'm just so grateful for the fact that he's still an inspiration to me. He was the guy that moved our family from South Africa when I'm three years old to this continent. And he worked a hundred plus hours a week, every week growing up, I learned hard work and ethic from him. And, um, I just totally have more respect for him than anything else. You know, he's hard headed and stubborn, but like, he's definitely my inspiration. Yeah. I love that personal personality tests are so key. Like just as total side, I, 
I had a, I was in a work environment once. Um, I was working for a retreat center, and the chef and I just could not see eye to eye about anything, about staff, about food, about, about cleaning, about anything. And then we took the Myers Briggs test, and we had every letter separate, <laughs> opposite of the other. And then we understood each other, and it made things so much easier. So I can relate to what you're saying for sure. Great question. Um, okay. Thank you for pausing and telling us about your dad. I love that. Okay, what's your favorite drink? Oh, man. Um, I'd say like 9.5 high alkaline water is probably up there. I love coffee, but when with my coffee, I do a little different. I put, um, um, what is it, uh, coconut oil in it, and I zip it up in a blender. Oh, yeah. Um, What's yeah. that called again? MCT oil? Is that what well, it is? I tried MCT oil for a while, but it gave me headaches, so I just actually mm -hmm. grabbed coconut oil from the store, uh, like the, uh, and then I just put like a half a scoop of, in there, and then I just blend it in my Nutribullet, and it creates this weird, like, flavor oh and if you've ever heard dave asprey's bulletproof coffee story yes yeah. that's what i'm thinking of so yeah. he went and got the yak fat from the himalayas and he put they were putting that in their coffee and he was like holy cow what is this and he saw that he, he dissected it and it was like the closest to butter so he created bulletproof butter to put in your coffee and now i was like that's interesting let's try oil and then oil has now served me because coconut oil is just so good for your body so it's one of the things Everything. I love. so would it be safe to say that you're into some biohacking then uh, that'd be an understatement. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. We have the blue blocker glasses and all the other bells and whistles. And I try to limit screen time and turn off all the electronics at night. And yeah. So I love it. I love it. I've been starting to dig deeper into that myself this year. So I love hearing about, it. I'll have to pick your brain another time about it. <laughs> Any, anytime you want. For sure. Summer or winter? Summer. I have too many broken bones growing up. The, the wind, I left Colorado because my bones hurt too much all the time. So summer. No, no. Our mutual friend, Chris Williams answered winter. And I said, that's because you don't live in Canada. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, what's your favorite number and why? 28 is my baseball number growing up and, uh, just has significant value to me. I, um, I set a record in high school hitting 28 home runs in a 20 game season. Uh, and, um, yeah, it's just, it's a number that stuck with me since I was a little kid. 28. How do you start your day? Uh, the morning routine. So I wake up, um, I, we have, I'm a cat dad, uh, guilty, right? We have two massive Maine Coon cats. The one of them's like close oh. to 30, 30 pounds and he'll climb up on my chest and like bat me on the face and wake me up. And, um, first five minutes of my day is, is silence. Uh, then as I get up, uh, I'll put on, you know, I'll go work out. And that's when I do my affirmations and my visualization. I have a rowing machine. I do some exercise there. Uh, and then I, I journal and I read. Okay. Yeah, Hal Elrod is, I got into his podcast for quite some time on my morning walks. He was great. Yeah. Um, okay, last but not least, what is your favorite guilty pleasure? <laughs> Uh, disc golf, not even a question, um, on that one. It's also one of my biggest hobbies just competed in a tournament this past. I'm just turned 41. So now I can play in like these age protected leagues, which is cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm not really the greatest disc golfer. We just took it up in the COVID season. Cause it was something for me and Melissa to do together yeah. outside. And, um, I just completely fell in love with it. I played uh, regular golf at a pretty high level. In fact, I was, um, if you've heard of the long drivers of America, like LDA is like, um, these are the guys who go on the golf tee and they hit it as far as possible so i was actually number eight in the world for three years i got to travel around the world with melissa just hitting golf balls so i had a deep passion for golf and then when i found disc golf 
I was like, whoa, this is it. And so I try to, I think about this guy, like I have discs just sitting on my desk all the, like whatever, you know? So it's like, yeah. Oh, that's so important though. I love that you have it next to your desk. Cause we share that a lot with our clients is have stuff around you, especially in your office that brings you joy. Cause if you start your day first with joy, it's going to be amazing, especially on those tougher days. Cause you can look at something like that, just things in your office, make sure that there's something that lights you up and doesn't drain you subconsciously yeah. right so i think that's awesome anyway so good so good yeah so any final thoughts as we wrap up today um just one you know if you're listening to this and you're like how do i do an event or, or run a program like come listen to these ladies and sign up for their program like i can vet and i can i can tell you that they are the real deal they are legit and they kick a lot of ass and so if you're ready to go hyperspeed with an event that you're running like go hire them before you do anything else because they'll show you how to click the buttons and how to do it right before you do it wrong because you don't want to <laughs> you're so sweet thank Thank you Sean it's really been a pleasure it's always nice talking to you but also hearing like getting to know you more and more and getting to know more about your why behind what you do so thank you for sharing that with us and with our audience today well thank you so much for having me and again your movement is explosive and on fire and just keep it going girls you're doing everything right so Thank you so much. So be sure to tune in again next week, friends. We're going to bring you more revolutionary leaders that are going to show you how to show up in this world more powerfully in your role. Let's get you more visible. Let's help you move that needle forward in the most powerful way possible. And our quote, Sean, is stronger together, further, faster. Mm -hmm. We want that for you guys. See you soon next week. Blessings again, Sean. Take care, everyone. 